0: Today on The Daily Scoop podcast from The Scoop News Group, writing the book on IT modernization for the federal government and the cyber strategy at the CIA. It's Thursday, September 1st, 2022. Welcome to The Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of The Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. A programming note, The Daily Scoop podcast will pause for the Labor Day weekend after today's program, You'll get the next brand-new Daily Scoop podcast Tuesday, September 6th. The Energy Department is the home of the Scaling IT Modernization Playbook. It's the foundation of what the Energy Department Chief Information Officer, Ann Duncan, is doing at the agency. Her co author, Greg Godbout, was her chief technology officer when she was the CIO at the Environmental Protection Agency. At Fed Talks last Wednesday, Ann and Greg told FedScoop's Billy Mitchell how the playbook came about and what's in it.
1: Uh, it started when apparently I just couldn't enjoy like a private sector job that wasn't very uh, <laughs> uh, stressful. So, um, in the beginning of the pandemic, pandemic Yeah, it was being pandemic. Um,
2: Anne would call me and go, I got to meet with the BD folks today. <laughs> and it was like the worst day.
1: <laughs> Shh, don't tell them they're here. Um, so anyway, so I said, hey, um, I, there's this day one project. I put in a proposal uh, about scaling IT modernization. Greg, do you want to join me to do it? And Greg said,
2: Oh yeah, it was COVID too. I was like, I got a COVID project. This is yeah, awesome. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So we did this. Did this paper, um, and there were four four recommendations, and maybe we'll get around to the rest of them. Um, but one of them was uh, that we they build a playbook for scaling IT modernization. And so, um, you know, uh, when I got to DOE, I was like, Oh, I have resources. I can build a playbook for scaling IT modernization. I can't do the other three on my own, but I can do this one. So we decided to do it. And uh, Greg was the contributor, so I'm gonna let you jump in and talk some more about it.
2: Um, yeah, no. So this was uh, this was a big part of it. It was uh, for us in when we were talking about it in the in the in the paper that we put together. It was uh, really sort of themed after like the digital services playbook was this big success. We really liked it, but it was really targeted at at project teams. And we were like, how do we scale this across the enterprise? And I think I was describing it to you as, like this is when I was. Uh, the chief, or when I was the executive director of 18F, when we we first launched it, I would get a lot of people weren't wild about 18F, and they would tell me <laughs> they'd be like, um, "It's cute, right?" And 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 I sort of kept that because it was like enough of the cute stuff. Let's scale it and change the enterprise, and that was a big motivation behind it. And. A big part of that was like, well, we also need to think about there's some playbook, something that people can review and like agree upon and, and work through that. And I think my favorite thing is if you go to the last page, and it's it's in electronic form too, digital form, not just paper, but if you go to the last page, you see all the contributors. And it's a great group of people that have been in government, working around government for years. And, and uh, Ann and I were talking right before, and... and it wasn't, we didn't know exactly what it was gonna become. It wasn't all the plays we thought it would be, but it's better because the group of people that contributed to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I uh, was sure sort to of skip the backstory. We, we looked at what went on in the Obama administration and we did a lot of modernization. We did a lot of agile. We did a lot of DevOps, but it's in pockets. And so the goal of this is say, how do you get from that pocket to actually scaling your innovation and scaling your transformation? And we got a lot of really smart people together uh, and asked them what they thought. And as Greg said, the plays weren't what we expected because they're better, right? They're better <laughs> than what any one of us uh, could, could contribute. Um, and so if you look at each one of the plays, each one of them will tell you sort of what you need to do before you do the play Uh, and then how to do the play and some great advice from from someone, you know, a quote from someone who was interviewed. Um, As none of you will be surprised, I'm sure that my favorite play is Empower the Workforce, because I think without an empowered workforce, you're not getting anywhere. Um, But there are 10 really meaty plays that are going to help you understand how to go from being in a a small uh, modernization effort, you know, to to scaling it out through your organization. Because if you look around... There's not a lot of that in the government, right? There's there's not, think about how many government organizations have scaled innovation across them. You know, the Air Force has done a lot um, with their software factories. I don't know that they're there um, completely, but think about other examples. You're not going to find a lot of them.
3: And if so. so if people want to find this, it's at energy.gov. Energy. Energy.gov forward plus, slash CIO. There you go. Yes. Okay, easy to well, find. Every, everybody go check it out. Yeah. My question to you is why, I mean, why did you focus on IT modernization versus, you know, those other really popular topics out there like cybersecurity or AI? Is this something that uh, just is, is so much more fundamental than those things at this point? Or what, what led to that decision?
1: So, um, I mean, I think for me it was, so I've always had a passion about innovation. I think you guys all know that. Um, <laughs> and I think Greg does too. Um, but that modernization uh, is, is, like I said, it's still stuck. Right, it's not gotten full traction, and it doesn't get the you know we we almost give it lip service, right? We say um, need to modernize your portfolio, but then when we when OMB or Congress sends directives, they're all about cybersecurity, right? I don't I don't really need to tell anybody anything more about how to do cyber. Um, so from my standpoint, what is getting So what am I passionate about? And also what's not getting the attention it needs? Um, And to me, this is the space that's not getting the attention. We're we're telling people to modernize. We're not helping them figure out how. And we're not um, giving them the resources to do it. And so this is at least a piece to say, here's some ways that we can help you scale that through your organization. Yeah,
2: I mean, I I think... um and I think we're all guilty of this to some degree, but, like, in the federal IT marketplace and a lot of marketplaces, particularly related to IT, we over on tactics, right? Um, and I'm sorry to all the product companies out there for this comment. But, like, the idea that, like, AI and all these things, they're amazing, incredible things, but the tactic, in you know, doesn't work for every context, right? And when I went to EPA from 18F, the whole purpose was... I was sort of tired of doing turnaround projects. I was like, can't we create an enterprise that stops the need? For every turnaround project we did, another 20 projects started, right? And so can we at least look at the enterprise and transform the enterprise and do it in a very like bold and aggressive way? And a big part of that is sort of letting go of the tactics and really getting more towards strategy and focus at the enterprise level. And those teams that are all being told to do agile and they're trying to mix it with waterfall things. They need support from above. They need different governance. They need different management structures and things like that. So one of, one of my big ones is, like, shift to a product management mindset. I, I think um, we do too much project management or contract management, and we're all excited about we hit all the outputs, and then the company's going to get paid. But <laughs> did we create anything of value, right? Is there a valuable service there? And a product management mindset would help with that.
1: And I want to highlight um, what, what you just said about, you said to me before, uh, don't build the next legacy system, right? right. So, right. so, we want to get people away from building the next legacy right. system. So
2: there's a lot of legacy 2.0 being built today, right? Yeah. Like just uh, another monolith, but a modern stack and it's open source. I and think the, we can all and get, and get They'll say them. we build it with the same <laughs> stack that 18F uses, and I was like, yes, but it's still a monolith, right? Like you gotta <laughs> think differently.
3: So, so you mentioned the paper that this came out of, the Day One project paper, and you said it was but one of many different sort of recommendations that were within within that. So what are some of those other recommendations and what are some that you would like to, you know, you're excited that hopefully you've got this (laughs) IT modernization playbook, scaling playbook out of the way. What's the next thing that you might try to bring into fruition? Not to put any pressure on you, but.
1: The other ones are harder. I'm not sure we have the power or authority. But
2: Um, For me, I think a big one is This is is kind of a unique challenge in in the federal government. Um, We have a lot of committees trying to be executives or doing tactics and stuff. I want to see those tactics pushed down to the the workforce, let them make their decisions with some constraints. But who's at the top sort of saying, where's the performance of government services? Who's looking at government services? Which, by the way, all the citizens look at our services. We all do it. You walk into some government service that's an awful and you go, government right? and But there's government services around the world that are world-class, just as good as any other experience. So what's wrong with us, right? Why don't we deserve the best, right? So in that scenario, I think we need an executive, someone who's like a COO. We've talked about like a chief transformation officer, possibly somebody who is in government and is established about like how these things work. And then that person can like go talk to Congress and, and meet people at the higher levels to talk about like bad laws or things that are like prescriptive for tactics when those decisions should be made much lower.
1: Yeah, and one of the goals of that was it not be a political position, but that be someone who can bridge across administrations, which is unusual You think about someone who could potentially work across across the government and also across administrations. So it might be an appointment, but a term appointment as opposed to uh, one that's associated with a particular administration. The other thing I want to highlight is that we also propose a cadre of fellows that are mid to senior career. We have a gap. When you look at all the fellowships that we offer, we're missing that one. And that kind of leadership of people who can come in, you know, with 25 or 30 years' experience and and be leaders in this space, that's another one we think would be a huge win.
3: That's great. So we have uh, just a little bit of time left, and, uh, you know, this, this playbook is out there. It exists on, on your website what's next how do you put it to use is it something that you at DOE is going to are going to use or you know how can other agencies get behind it as well if they want to take part and use it
1: well first of all you know this is free not only is it on the website but we want you to use the place to use the use it you no know, one has to ask permission. It's available. Um, within my office, uh, as our as our teams are going off a new strategic plan, and they are taking the plays, they are taking the playbook, and trying to figure out how to utilize it. And I'm actually hearing from a couple of our uh, national labs, who aren't exactly big adopters of what the government does, saying, wow, we read the playbook. We think there's good stuff in there. We're going to go use it. Um, so just to encourage you to read it, look at it, uh, and then you know you don't have to implement all the plays. We think that they're all going to help you get where you're going. But, you know, if you see one or two plays that you think are really going to help move the ball forward, uh, please use it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd mean, i like to see uh, OMB um, use this as a starting point, maybe pivot off of it or, or uh, and, and look at, like, how do we start talking to the enterprise level transformation? We, we, we have U.S. digital services. People are focusing on these things. We're focusing. It's great. We're getting a lot of, like, below the portfolio. Portfolio level advice. We need the portfolio level advice and enterprise advice coming from OMB as well.
0: Greg Godbout, the former CTO at the EPA with Energy CIO Ann Duncan and FedScoop's Billy Mitchell. Godbout and Duncan are co authors of the Scaling IT Modernization Playbook. You can find a link to all the Fed Talk sessions in today's show notes, the daily scoop podcast.com i'm francis rose the host of the daily scoop podcast voting's open now for the 2022 edition of the fed scoop 50 you can vote for your choices until the end of this month we'll announce the winners november 3rd you can find a link to see the finalists and place your votes in today's show notes the daily scoop podcast.com the central intelligence agency is making up to a 15 billion dollar bet on the cloud its C2E contract has five vendors competing for task orders. Linnea Jones is the chief information officer at the CIA. She tells FedScoop's Billy Mitchell she wasn't completely unfamiliar with doing IT in the IC when she came to CIA.
4: It's been, uh, at the end of this month, it be six months. Prior to, I was at NSA as their deputy CIO, and prior to that, uh, acting CIO for the intelligence community. So with coming into the role of CIA, uh, although I had not worked as tightly coupled in the ecosystem as I am now, being within the Department of Defense and traveling abroad a lot, spending much time overseas, worked a lot with the CIA. One of the focus areas, I would say kind of three big things that really are key and foundational to what's been going on is one, the cyber focus, uh, probably a theme throughout all of today, as well as across all federal government and the IC, but really looking at embedding cyber as a foundational and core element of our ecosystem and everything we do. Um, A lot of times we struggle with working in cyber as almost a bolt-on or an afterthought or something to kind of make work, but really would like to build out from that. So uh, the principles, such as the panel before us talking about zero trust, multi-factor authentication, all of those elements. So that's one key big area. I would say the next one is probably culture, Um, changing the culture, which goes to embedding that cyber ecosystem, but really looking at technology as just not an enabler, but as a transformative agent in order to uh, force multiplier to do so many more things. Uh, That's another piece. And the third, I would say, transparency. Um, I pride myself on us being transparent and honest. We're gonna learn through the journey, um, and it's a partnership.
3: Cyber is where I would like to take it next. Obviously, that last panel focused on zero trust. The executive order came out of the White House a a little over a year ago, but also out of that came uh, National Security Memorandum 8, which I know is driving a lot of what you're doing. Can you kind of delve into a bit more of what cyber means, whether that's the zero trust or other elements that you really focused on as you're spreading that out across the CIA?
4: Absolutely. So I think the the National Security Memorandum 8 uh, is just one example of how we're getting a level of support and spotlight on cyber like never before. Uh, As with anything, even prior to the memorandum, security is a layered approach, right? And so it's not a one size fits all or one solution. we look at that as a framework. And although it is a lot of compliance, it's more of this is what you would want to do. This is the direction we should be moving in. These are some basic hygiene and elements that we should all be doing to protect data and information, especially our most prized critical data and information. And so with that, I think there's a lot of strategic partnerships, You know, uh, looking at what can go to the cloud, what can't, uh, with leveraging certain technologies, clouds, and different software or hardware options. There are native amount of security options that come with that, so that's a good thing of, you know, you already have kind of a starting run in order to enable a secure environment. Um, And really, it's a lot of of talking and explaining and answering questions about what does this mean, how does this apply to me, and how can we get that to work?
3: So we heard the last panel say, a lot of that work is modernizing, and you guys have done a great job uh, across the IC in moving to the cloud. Uh, You had a massive contract called C2E that was awarded over the past few years, and I'd love to hear how that's going and sort of what progress has been made now that those awards have been uh, kind of issued and what's next.
4: So very exciting. As you mentioned, in 2020, we CIA signed commercial cloud enterprise, C2E, which is a multi-cloud, multi-vendor contract. Uh, we do have five vendors, five cloud service providers, and so very excited about that. Through C2E, we are able to do uh, not just infrastructure as a service, or software as a service, or platform, but we really have the ability to operate in a multi-cloud environment. Um, we are you know, just starting that journey, but not new completely. Uh, C2S, of course, is still ongoing, coming on, on the end of that and the transition piece, if you would. And so it, it gave us around roughly five to seven years of experience working with cloud. So now that we have started beginning working in multi-cloud, we really can partner with multiple technologies, companies, uh, providers, depending on what the need may be. So very exciting times.
3: And I'm really interested, too, in your background. You come from the DOD. Uh, Now you're in the intelligence community as the CIA, CIO. So I would imagine you have a passion for bridging that gap and working with your counterparts in the Department of Defense. So how are you doing that within this new role as CIO?
4: Sure, sure. So absolutely, Um, one of the the good things is um, we we have to bridge naturally. Of course, the intelligence community, 18 uh, IC elements and departments and agencies, and really, starting with C2S, we were leveraging or able by CIA being responsible for that program, we were allowing other DOD elements, the combat support agencies, but also direct departments and agencies uh, to share lessons learned, um, if it was something that was directly applicable, that, you know, leveraging those programs. And with C2E, that's just expanded. Um, if you really look at the utilization over the past seven years, it you, we would never imagine we would be where we are today with the use of cloud across the IC uh, and really across the government. And so I think it's a, a great chance of for the larger IC elements, which are also a part of the Department of Defense, uh, such as your NSA, your DIA, your NRO, and your NGA, they also are kind of like your pathfinders to work with the other departments and agencies to say, hey, this is how we're using the cloud, uh, but also how you could leverage it as well.
3: Yeah, that's sort of why I went in that direction because I'm sure that you guys are sharing a lot of tips and tricks on your your move to the multi cloud as DOD kind of goes on that journey here soon. Um, Linnea, as we close out, um, I know that the CIA has a big mission and a lot of data that it has to sift through to keep Americans safe every day. Uh, A a great mission, and, and you guys do a great job of it. But how are you using AI, predictive analytics, machine learning, and big data to make that job? hopefully a little easier as there's more and more data out there.
4: Absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of funny when I was thinking about that question because right now we speak so much about artificial intelligence, machine learning. And I said, I'm going to share a nugget of history. Um, CIA was one of the first elements in 2011 to actually buy one of the IBM Watson's computers. That's so awesome. I know, right? Who would have thought, right? <laughs> um, but the reason why I share that is because although we're speaking of AI and ML a lot now. Now, we've been in this space for a little while, 11 years or more. And so as with anything, you know, technology grows and evolves. Um, right now, the things that the insights that we're understanding and able to automate and really uh, create a foundational element for those multi-factor, zero-trust environments where and when possible, Using AI and ML to automate some of those day to day rudimentary items will actually allow us to do more of the harder problems. And so we'll just continue on. But um, it's not something that's new to us, although new to being discussed now. It's something that we've had a little experience in.
0: Linnea Jones, the CIO at the CIA, at Fed Talks last Wednesday. You can find a link to all the Fed Talk sessions in today's show notes at the Daily Scoop Podcast. Com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped me put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast returns after the Labor Day weekend next Tuesday, September 6th. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Thanks for listening.